Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. I want my land. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, the look at the Australian film industry that's uh, going on all around us. Uh, but today we're going to uh, focus on the Environmental Film Festival Australia. And we'll do that by having a yarn with one of the co-directors of the festival, Chris Jerbing. G'day, Chris. How are you? Hi, I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Um, I've been going through the program and uh, one of the reasons for why it's uh, a treat to talk to you is, of course, that there's a, such a large amount of Australian content in this film festival. But uh, before we get on to that, I'll have to congratulate you on the sophistication of the festival. Oh, thank you. It's um, We're entering into our ninth year this year, so it's... Uh it's been a, a great process to to get to where we are now, and you know we're pulling together something that's really uh, exciting for us, and um, yeah, we're excited to share it with everybody. You know, and the reason why I'm saying that it's a sophisticated program is because there are a number of incredible uh, films in this that are not about uh, they're very sensory. Uh, you know, they they come from all around the world, and uh, one you have an international uh, uh, shorts program, which uh, takes you to a whole lot of places uh, in a very small uh, package of filmmaking that uh, is terribly surprising. Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting um, package of international short films, um, but I think. One of the things that we've learned across the, the festival journey and something I think listeners and yourself would know is around the power of film to tell a, a really engaging story about the environment. And our festival is not all about just playing films that um, around big environmental challenges. It's also about celebration of nature and, and, and the wonder of our environment. And so we love programming a really diverse festival that that brings different voices and perspectives um, in, into the mix as a way of talking about the environment, to look at the environment in new and different ways, and to also bring, I guess, films to, to audiences that would otherwise not be seen and cover a wide range of, of topics from all around the world and some topics that perhaps we've you know, never, never thought about locally before, 
or um, you know things that we think about all the time, like climate change or biodiversity, that and that have new stories associated with those those things that we're more familiar with. So let's. Um, I've mentioned some a little a, one of the programs that you've got uh, playing, which is going to be a series of uh, shorts uh, from uh, experimental shorts, really. They're called, and they're from around the world. So France, USA, Netherlands, Slovenia, Greece, USA, and the Netherlands, right? And one's called After the Volcano, Afterlife, Becoming, Borders, Eighth Continent, Management Retreat, Managed Retreat, Nature, All Rights Reserved. Now, these are all very uh, interesting, provocative, uh, short films that are challenging people to look at the world in a variety of ways. But if you go and look at the other program that you've got of virtual reality uh, um, films, uh, experiences, their experiences, then um, there's something else is going on here, isn't there? Yeah, so our virtual reality experiences through the festival. We're playing a series of um, films from a couple of filmmakers called This Is Climate Change. And those four films look at climate change um, through different perspectives. So the four titles are called Famine, Feast, Fire and Melting Ice. And they all, well, as you know, VR being an immersive experience really uh, immerse people um, in the real-life uh, catastrophic events that are impacting communities um, around uh, around climate change. So, so have you done them? Does it scare the shit out of you? <laughs> I've done one of them, actually. We we did play Melting Ice as a part of our VR program last year, and it was, it was absolutely amazing. And, look, it is, it is scary um, being transported into these situations and having this very... Uh, visceral experiences. It's such a different way of seeing film and it's very it's incredibly engaging. I think I'm really excited to, to, to see them myself actually in, in virtual reality. Um, so I think they'll they'll be fantastic and these are really accomplished filmmakers that have put these together and the series is has been going gangbusters around the world. So we're really excited to, to offer it as a part of the festival. So th- so this is um actually uh, sh- uh, an example of how sophisticated uh, film uh, is being used to actually activate people uh, around the extremely concerning, but potentially uh, humans can actually do something about issue of uh, environmental destruction. Yeah, I think that's a big message as a part of our festival, but, you know, playing these films about climate change in, in virtual reality, but also other films that we have. Um, it's it's so much about the connection between people and place and the connection between the environment and people. And it's so much about what can we learn from this? Um, and, you know, how can we be inspired by heroes in the films? How can we you know, be informed about the decisions that we make and what can we do when we leave the cinema to... Uh, you know, follow up if, if it's something that's really in, inspired us or, or we want to know more or, or be educated more about, about about different issues. So, you know, whether it's whether it's the impact of climate change on, on fires or, um, you know, in California, rubbish. which is the fire film, or, yeah, whether rubbish, there's a film that we're playing which is around the world's largest um, e-waste and, and rubbish dump called Welcome to Sodom, 
which is an incredible film looking at the that the people who the impact of of that kind of maybe we don't think about where our e-waste goes but certainly the people that are that are and the characters from this film who are at the end of that that chain kind of living in those conditions and working on this huge um uh, rubbish rubbish dump basically and looking to Cap, not cap, capitalise is the wrong word, but you know, no, they're, they're living a dream, aren't they? Yeah. They're living a dream. They they want a better life. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know how they go about that is 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 fascinating in this environment that's in, incredibly um, you know, dark dystopian, and difficult, and dystopian. That those are yeah, that's but point. it's really happening. It's really happening. And that's what's fascinating about this program of films that you've got going here, and we'll go into a few others because it's really worth exploring, is that uh, it's not a namby-pamby program at all. It's like it's not, a, it's not a festival where people would go and watch films and feel satisfied that they've uh, uh, patted themselves on the back of, uh, because they're more knowledgeable now about environment. It's actually quite uh, an, it's an adjective, a verb. You're really getting people to engage, aren't you? Absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it's really, it's really important that people are kind of, or our audiences come to the festival and you you don't have to be just an environmental person. You can be curious about, about different ideas or just want to see amazing filmmaking because we've really, you know, looked around the world for films that like, you know, hit you in the heart. Well, well, yeah, there's, and that's, yeah, that's what we try to do. This one called Sleep Has Her House. I mean, that just, if you're a filmmaker, that would be worth going purely because it's extraordinary, from what I can gather. Yeah, it's, we're, yeah this is an amazing film. It's actually shot entirely on an iPhone. Oh, um, wow. But yeah, which is uh, something something really different, and it's going to be you know, very provocative and uh, interesting because... Uh, I guess the film, the filmmakers uh, made it to be um, screened in a very dark environment because it's just trying to capture the kind of beauty and uh, of of the environment um, in a very very unique way. So it's non-narrative. It's uh, kind of sound driven. And, and what we're doing is we're cup, um, partnering with an artist called Rose uh, Rebel who's going to be playing a live music score um, connected with the film. Um, so at the, at the same time, the so audience will, will be in a intro real treat as we kind of explore this quite strange and, and fascinating film, a true, a true kind of cinematic experience that was really unique for the festival. There's one that I'm trying to find here, which is uh, sort of partners it, which is The Ancient Woods which comes from yeah. Lithuania, which is, yeah. in a sense, similar, that it's uh, it's all about this ancient wood and it uh, all the noise and sounds are atmospheric. It's uh, real sound, wild sound. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wild sound from the forest. And it's, 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 it's again, it's another non-narrative film. So there's no narration over the top. And it's um, it takes all its footage from uh, one of the last um, old growth forests in Lithuania and... Um, we see all of the wildlife and biodiversity. It's, it's very much an observational film. It doesn't have any commentary on it. But it's, I mean, it's absolutely stunning. And when we put it on the big screen, it's going to be amazing yeah. to see because 
having that you know that environment obviously when we're when we're looking at them where we look at them um, in all sorts of by we I mean the film festivals looking at films kind of not in the cinema environment and it just takes on a whole nother level in the in the cinema with the types of sound quality and image that you have at a cinema like Acme and this is one that I think is going to you know, absolutely absolutely shine shine yeah I think it'll blow people's sound, minds yeah it's sound is incredible and um you know, from bird calls or just the rivers or the creaking trees, like all that stuff's going to be amazing. I think so too. I just remind listeners that they're on 3CR and it's showreel and we're talking with Chris Jerbing about the Environmental Film Festival, which is starting next week, 11 to the 19th of October. It's going to be showing at Acme and then moving on to West, Palace Westgarth um, in the later part of the program. You can, of course, go online and get the program. But there have been lots of programs all about the place and I've been going through it and being absolutely captivated. We've just been talking about films that are sort of high art, not just high art but uh, environmentally sensitive and uh, sensory. Uh, but also running along here is uh, uh, quite a number of Australian films, a lot of Australian shorts that are real nuts and bolts films, aren't they? Yeah, um, they get into the the heart of lots of issues that are close to people's minds in Australia and we're really thrilled that I think we've got 13 Australian short films in our program. So, so many of our feature films are actually coupled with a short film, so... You don't just see the, get a double the bill. long film. Yeah, you get get the chance to see what our local filmmakers and producers are actually making. And not necessarily just about um, about local issues, but we've got a few films of from, yeah, local filmmakers that have actually gone out in the world and found other stories from, from not, just, not just Australia. But uh, 11 of our Australian short films are actually from Victorian filmmakers. So there is a strong uh, Victorian flavour. Well, 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 it's interesting because you've got uh, um, a feature called The Reluctant Radical, which is quite clearly a, um, a, a biography of Ken Ward, who's an activist who has, uh, who, you know, he, who in America, who is uh, potentially going to be put in jail for 20 years because of his activism. And that's married with something that people at 3CR will know about, which is uh, Serial Pest. Tony Murphy, <laughs> who turned up in um, turned up during the uh, East West Link yeah. demonstrations, but also the ducks, a duck rescue in rural Victoria. Yeah, so we um, also played a film a few years ago um, called. Now the name of that film is going to escape me, but it was a film about the East West Link and Tony Tony Murphy's role and his um, you know, active role in raising awareness and protesting about uh, about really important issues. In, yeah, it's about in, protesting. In yeah. Standing up. And so, yeah, Serial Pest covers... It's an 11-minute film. Um, it's actually out of... Uh, the filmmaker's name is Billy Dahlenberg, and he produced this film as a part of his studies at Swinburne University, I believe. And so, yeah, it looks at Tony's kind of continuing dedication to a range of social and environmental issues and then picks up... What he what he does around the Victorian duck hunting season. So that that same theme is picked up in Courage for the Long Haul by Rennie Brown, which is also an Australian film about community movements uniting to stand up for important issues. Yeah, and it's a big community movement that some of the listeners might 
have known about before, the Knitting Nanners. So uh, Rani Brown's made the made a film about um, the Knitting Nanners and their their work to you know um, raise awareness about some of the the issues with um, unconventional gas and, and and fracking and the like. And so really focuses this film on two of two of the women who are part of that movement and their um, you know affiliation with Nanas and how they've you know seen um, the the group and act, this activist group, a very prominent group too, um, evolve over time and, and what they need to do um, you know going forward to continue to continue their fight and to achieve you know success with what they're doing. So. I love that. I love that term. I was talking to someone the other day. Uh, unconventional gas. You know, it's like it's a um, an activist gas system or something. <laughs> it's hilarious the things that they do. Uh, before we move on to some look at, looking at some of the partners that are involved and how it's actually organised the uh, festival, uh, I also noticed that there's uh, Darabin's Natural Heritage is a, a small film that's being shown. And that yeah. Darabin Council is actually one of your partners, which is a very yeah. interesting connection. Yeah, so we've um, teamed up with Darabin this year, who Darabin City Council, who are doing a lot of a lot of fantastic um, work around environment and sustainability in their council, and and are really committed to reaching out to their to their local constituents around different things. And so the film that they actually had. Um, made by some uh, Victorian filmmakers uh, is about some of their raising awareness about some of their natural heritage areas within within their region um, and looks at some of the indigenous and historic indigenous connections to land and some of the environment groups like Friends of Mary Creek for example who are doing some really important work around you know biodiversity and landscape management and, and that kind of stuff so it, That's um, really interesting, isn't it? Because people do talk about this, that environment isn't just out in the bush or out in the desert. It is actually in urban environments as well. Absolutely. And this is, yeah, this is a, a nice little look on it because sometimes, you know, we're riding our bike on the tram or, you know, perhaps driving our cars if we have to um, past lots of areas that have really important um, environmental values and, and biodiversity values. And this film kind of goes to the heart of that, just around you know, our local, the local area in Darabin, so you know, Preston, Northcote, and, and um, Reservoir, and, and that area. There's so many interesting and amazing places, like reserves and things like that. And you know, there's lots of community members around us who are actually doing really important work to, to, you know, maintain that that level, I suppose. So. So I think we've been skirting around um, the major features that you've got because the major features themselves are pretty impressive, I'll have to say. And you've also got a series of talks which connect to the features. So, for example, it's a bit of a coup, I'd say, that you've got a Q&A with Anoti Tong, who is the uh, former Kiribati president, who's a an, an full-time environmental activist because Kiribati mm. is in a dire straits, really. Mm. Yeah, so it is. It, um, it's an island or a series of islands and atolls in, in the Pacific, a part of the um, Asia-Pacific that's incredibly low-lying and therefore 
at risk from sea level rise caused by climate change. And Anate Tong has played a really um, important part in raising awareness about um, the, the plight of South, sorry, like Pacific Island nations, um, in particular Kiribati. And um, he's, the film, Anate's Arc, actually follows uh, his role in the Paris climate change discussions and the Paris Agreement that was forged in late 2015 between um, all the signatories, um, various countries, or all, many countries, I should say. And so, yeah, the film is an amazing film and it looks at his role in that political scene and the yeah, advocacy around um, you know, the importance of trying to limit climate change to 1.5 degrees um, from the historic or from 2000, year 2000, something like that. And, um, and then also you know, juxtaposes with the traditional life in, in Kiribati and it, there's another character that <coughs> actually becomes a climate um, refugee, if you like, and she actually moves to New Zealand to start setting up um, a family, or start moving her family to New Zealand where they can be, you know, safe from this risk um, and the yeah the risk of climate change on their on their livelihood. So, so it's 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 not possible to actually put it aside that it's not it it really is affecting real people somewhere. And it's exactly the same as this rather interesting film, uh, the Panguna Syndrome, which uh, updates people on what's going on in Bougainville, which is a very close neighbour to Australia. Yeah. Um, so the Panguna Syndrome looks at Bougainville, which is this. Um, an autonomous area of, of Papua New Guinea, which has had a long, well, it's well they, they like to call history. it they they like to call it the Bougainville crisis, but in actual fact, yeah. it was a war. That's right. It was a war and had deep impact on the community and culture and um, the traditions of people from Bougainville. And this this film actually focuses around both that history, but also the impact of. Um, the potential opening of a new mine, the Panguna copper mine, and how the government's interest in reopening reopening this mine, how that in some ways resurface issues of the recent past and what does that mean for people's, um, you know, the, lo- the local communities' uh, sovereign rights and their their, their land rights, their um, rights have have their um, traditional cultures within. Within their within their community and the impact of basically a huge and destructive environmental um, change that would be the introduction of this Panguna or the reopening of this Panguna copper mine. So, I actually got to see uh, the uh, Panguna syndrome and uh, I really recommend it because well, a couple of things that came out of it for me in particular was uh, one the sophistication of the uh, concepts that uh, the locals were expressing. And um, so, you know, the notion that uh, uh, colonialism uh, is going to come to them once again without them knowing exactly what it is, is just not true. And the other thing is, uh, one it really was interesting that culturally speaking in Bougainville, land is women's business. And of course, the Western colonialists didn't talk to any of the women about opening a mine because, you know, in in uh, Western uh, understanding, men make decisions. Mm. That was fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, encourage people to get along. And we're also playing um, an Australian 
short film with that screening, a film called Water is Life by The Seed um, organisation, which people might be familiar with, and that's a documentary about uh, Aboriginal Australian communities fighting against fracking in the Northern Territory. Yeah, very important. It's an, yes, it's very important and an interesting, I think, um, combination between the Panguna Syndrome and, and Water is Life. Yeah, fantastic. Um, very, oh, and uh, before I let you go, of course... Um, the program that uh, starts at the Palace Westgar Cinema by 17th, 18th and 19th, a lot of it is uh, directed towards uh, living the change, I- inspiring stories for a sustainable future. Like, it doesn't leave people hanging, does it? No, I think it's um, it's a great little program that we've got at, at Palace Westgar. There's some, there's some interesting films, but living the change is is one of those. It's an Australian film, or made by an Australian, um, named Jordan Osmond with his um, filmmaking partner, Antoinette Wilson. And they, yeah, they're really saying, okay, well, this is the situation with climate change, with you know, environmental um, sustainability, the challenges we face. How can we, in our everyday life, kind of face up to these global crises? Um, crises. And, uh, crises, yeah. Develop yeah, like live solutions and live in a way that's sustainable, environmental and perhaps inspiring for other other people to make change. So it follows you know, different communities and different individuals that are doing you know, simple things from from composting through the community agriculture, um, looks at um, also raising children in the current um, current situation, I suppose. Um, and, yeah, other, other ideas that are really practical to rethink about it about how we live our life and um, Jordan will be um, in Q&A after, after that film talking about his uh, experiences and, and making the film. How do people, before you go, how do people get tickets? What kind of range of tickets? Because there's a variety of ways people can involve themselves in getting tickets, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. So the best way is to head to the Environmental Film Festival Australia website, which is www.effa.org.au and you know, check out the program. There's, I think we've we've got 43 films across our program and 18 feature feature films. So there's plenty for everybody. And then yeah, follow the links to booking the tickets, and you can book um, through Acme events through Acme Ticketing or Palace um, Westgarth Cinema events through the Palace ticketing system or for both Acme and Westgarth you can pop along and um, visit staff at the box office and they'd be happy to sell tickets to the, to the screening that you're interested in. Thanks for talking to me today Chris. Uh, I, I really think congratulate your your crew of volunteers uh, uh, for making a fantastic film festival. Thanks for having me and yeah thanks very much where as I said many times I think we're really delighted to, to bring these bring these films together and um, we look forward to seeing people at the cinema. The Environmental Film Festival Australia is on again. See the impact of climate change and meet heroes fighting for justice. Witness the beauty of nature and hear the sounds of our world. Meet the filmmakers and experts inspiring change and join the conversation to create a sustainable future. Face the facts, face the future, face the films. The Environmental Film Festival Australia, in Melbourne from October the 11th to the 19th. Tickets at effa.org.au. A 3CR supporter.
And that's the end of the program today. Coming up next is Published or Not. We'll go out with some more of the frisky uh, number uh, that we were listening to when the program began. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.